Welcome to this new segment of the podcast called While the SEC Sleeps. We're covering all the football from the Mountain West and Pac-12 that happens after the East Coast is going to sleep and stop paying attention to college football. And today, we're going to cover what's going on at the namesake of this podcast at the University of Hawaii and the Brotherhood. We're going to pay some bills and get right back to y'all, all right? During this brief intermission, I just wanted to remind all our listeners that we are available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and we also have a Twitter account where you guys can interact with us and catch up with us, see our ideas on some things happening between our podcast episodes. Links will always be down in the description. And now back to the action. All right, now, if you've been paying attention to college football out west, you may have seen Brotherhood pop up around here and there, you know, as Hawaiians have their own accent and dialects of the way they speak. University of Hawaii decided doing this rebranding after getting rid of Todd Graham and the horrible stain he put on the program, they decided, you know, to reach forward into the roots of the community that builds the school up. And they decided, let's let's just let's just be who we are. And Brotherhood has been has been spreading around the players using it. Coaches who are associated with the program have been using it. Other athletes who grew up in Hawaii. And various sports have used it, such as Marcus Mariota, who didn't play for the University of Hawaii, but he's from the island. Um, Colton Wong, uh, and um, yeah, Tua Tungivaloa, and the likes and such. And the school is trying to turn a new stone and get back to their winning ways within within the Mountain West Conference when they were informally the Western Athletic Conference. They're trying to make moves and move forward. And one of those moves to try to move forward and rebrand and bring back that Hawaii feeling was they were going to try to recruit their old coach, June Jones. This is the man who was responsible for all their winning wings, winning, winning ways <laughs> under Timmy Chang and Colt Brennan. RIP to the God. And they thought they were going to be able to get June Jones, but it seems like you know, some of the terms of the deals that the Board of Regents and Trustees at the University of Hawaii and June Jones thinks just didn't line up. You know, a couple big things like, you know, June Jones, he wanted to come back on a five-year deal versus the school only wanted to give him a two-year deal. So that's a big difference in years and contract length. You know, two years and five years isn't seen that long to most people, but in terms of, you know, contract structure, that's a very big thing. And June Jones wanted to coach the team for a long time and rebuild it and have that time to do it. So much to the fact that he even was going to make sure that in the event, in the event they wanted to fire him, there would be no buyout payments of any such as you guys have seen, you know. These schools, schools around college football and basketball are paying out these wide variety of sums to tell somebody, you don't coach here no more. And June Jones was willing to get rid of that, being like, hey, I want to be here. I want to do the things I want to do here. And one of the most important things for any head coach to do the things he want to do, he got to make sure he gets the guys who going to follow his lead and do what he says. And, you know, gives him that great feeling and can just, you know, lose the lieutenants who follow the general. But unfortunately, University of Hawaii didn't want to do that. They didn't want to allow June Jones to fully pick his own staff top to bottom. And that created a problem. And as if you're looking on screen, you can see here that uh, they put out, 
you know, the reason why I put out a statement that they didn't, they weren't able to come to terms with June Jones. That's very unfortunate. But they did go back to the heyday under June Jones, and they decided, why not go with the man who who was on the winning ways? The school decided to bring back the one and only Timmy Chang. One of one of the gods of college football. So some people may even call him the god over Cole Brennan. Uh, that's up for debate. I ha- I have a certain affection for one Colt Brennan. For the way I saw him growing up, watching him on TV playing versus Timmy Chang. But Timmy Chang, he's got a lot of records. Number 11 in passing touchdowns. Number 2 in passing yards for a career. Number 4 in completions for a career. And no, no, no one else in college football history has dropped back and attempted more passes than Timmy Chang. Point blank period. And this man has come from a pretty good pedigree. I, I you know, put up all those, all those stats and did great things while, it, while in college. But, uh, you know, as things always go, NFL is a hard place to make it. You know, he spent a couple couple years bouncing around different practice squads from the Eagles to the Cardinals. Then this is this is back a while ago, kid. So y'all don't y'all might not know about NFL Europa. He got sent over there. Overseas. Uh, I think he played with the rain out of Calgary, I don't, Calgary Rain. I can remember. But he, he was in Europe playing football, American football. It used to be a thing. Trust me. If you if you didn't know what to think, just trust me. Look it up. NFL Europe. It, it was it was dope. It was spring football. But went there. Then tried to come back, do the CFL, and everybody always thinks, oh, you can't do the NFL to do the CFL. It's a different brand of football as well, too. Take some time to learn. And he didn't he didn't work out there. So Timmy Chang, he decided he wanted to eventually become a head coach. So he started working. He spent time at SMU. Jackson State, shout out to Coach Brown. And then for the past five years, he's been the wide receiver wide receiver coach at the University of Nevada. So he's got a very good understanding of the passing game, the same way he used to orchestrate it back at Hawaii. So this is a man who knows what he's doing. And I feel I feel he knows what he's doing as well. And seems like the community surrounding Hawaii is also pretty excited for him to come back as well. You have the former coaches of some of the high schools. High school's coming out and feeling great about what Timmy Chang's doing. Everyone's excited to bring him back to that brotherhood. And everyone feels like this is a good move to turn this program around from the depths of despair that Todd Graham brought it to. And I feel this is going to be a good thing. Hawaii is going to be back to be in the big, great Hawaii. And especially considering Timmy Chang did spend some time being a graduate assistant under June Jones to learn how to coach. So he may bring back those winning ways of the mid-aughts or 2000s, as some people like to say. He can bring back those winning ways. And University of Hawaii is looking to be on the up and up. But turning the corner a little bit away from the Mountain West, I want to get back to, I'm going to talk about something very briefly in college football and it's the one thing that's been that's been dominating the whole offseason. And that is the transfer portal. The SEC schools right now currently 
dominating the top 10 rankings, according to 24-7 Sports, of pulling in different different players from these other schools. But the only problem is SEC is sort of cannibalizing itself. SEC is just taking SEC schools are just taking players from other SEC schools, and it's it's getting a little it's getting a little crazy, getting a little crazy, to the point that you know, Bama they pull their third team All American cornerback Eli Ricks from LSU. Everybody's like, well, "What the fuck? How they do that?" Then. They get the starter running back from Georgia Tech. And they're just like, how are they doing this? Then, in the shocker of all shockers, <laughs> behind Brent Bowers, they, they get the leading receiver for the University of Georgia to come to the University of Alabama. It's probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen be pulled off. Not just taking players from the rival schools. It's like you're taking their best players. Their best, the absolute best players. Like the team that just beat you in a national championship, you just took their wide receiver. It's like I, when the confetti was falling, I guess Nick Saban was in his ear saying, Yeah, you see, they ain't really passing you the ball like that. They mostly run the ball in Georgia. Come over here. I get you right. This Nick Saban, baby. We got Bryce Young. He gonna sling that rock. We passing all down, every down. You gonna get a, you gonna get two thousand yards, like Williams and Meacham did. You gonna get, you gonna get all the yards. I'm just assuming that's what he said, but this is this is just some craziness, some craziness. And I still consider that even even with Eric Rick's leaving, LSU is still number one in the transfer portal. Cause they've been getting guys coming in. Apparently, people want to play for Brian Kelly, but and the rankings hot, hot, hot on their ass is Lincoln Riley and USC. And this is just the kids who's getting transferred a decent amount from the University of Oklahoma. This is the kids who getting transferred. This is not. This is not even accounting for the amount of incoming freshman recruits who were going to commit to Oklahoma, but then switched their mind and was like, "We're going to USC, baby." So, the transfer portal has, has has been a wicked case, and two and the two top guys ranked were Eric Eric Eli Ricks, I'm butchering his name, and Quinn Ayers. Those are the only two guys that that are like, oh, these guys are five star transfers. These are, these are the guys that they transfer, they make a difference. Eric Ricks from LSU to Bama, and then Quinn Ayers, you know, C.J. Stroud. Came alive and was running that high state offense to a T. So Quinn Harris left Ohio State was like, why not go back home to Texas, baby? To the University of Texas. Get in that Steve Sarkeesian offense. Where he can air that ball out and get it moving. Same same offense Bryce Young is currently running. So some interesting moves have been made in the transfer portal. Things are looking good. But there's so many things that can affect teams moving up and that. Because like right now Old Miss is number three in the transfer portal. As far as the rankings go. But things are looking a little shaky. That seems that possibly Lane Kiffin might leave Old Miss. End up being a new coach of the New Orleans Saints. 
So that could affect that whole chair supporter movement as well. But, well, I'll end things off with this, you know, Gotta look to the Mountain West, see how the Mountain West stacks up in these transporter rankings. And the highest ranked Mountain West team just so happens to be Utah State. They might make a run and become kings of the of the Mountain West. Who knows what could happen? I mean, Jordan Love was there and was racking up. They they may have found their next Jordan Love. Um, as far as teams in the Mountain West being ranked, Wyoming's the lowest. And I mean. Earlier this month, their their coach was saying, hey, we're looking for a good veteran quarterback who's played a lot of snaps. We, we need a QB, and we know the only way we're getting that through the transfer portal. If you, if you want to play QB, Wyoming's open. We'll see what happens there. But this is, this is the end of the segment for While the SEC Sleeps. I'll catch you next time, people. What's up, world? This is the Up Watching Hawaii podcast. I'm Smurf. And it's your guy, Cy, and we watch the games that you can't stay up to. And we also watch the combat sports as well. We are hosted live in the Say Less Podcast Discord server. Shout out to the Say Less Podcast of Kaz, Loki, and Rosie. And we are also affiliated with the Otaku Fight Club Podcast, hosted by yours truly. And we are also affiliated with the Sips Tea Podcast, hosted by Genesis and C-Saint, a rapper and a battle rapper out of Buffalo, New York. All the links to everything described here are in the bottom of the description. 